Our scripture this morning is in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 10 and verses 19 through 22. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by His grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Verse 19, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. This is the word of our holy God. Amen. So in this letter to the Ephesian church, there's this, there's this theme that kind of carries throughout this letter about uh, God's plan to reconcile the, the Jewish people and the Gentile people. He's got this plan to reconcile really all people through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's kind of mentioned throughout the whole letter how this this plan of God. So what we kind of learn through that is God's on a mission. God's on a mission to reconcile all people. In fact, actually, God's on a mission to reconcile all creation through Jesus Christ. The death and the resurrection, it's God's on this mission to bring unity and harmony to all creation through the redemptive powers of Jesus Christ, what He has done for us. Now, we know that God's still on that mission because when we look around, I mean, how much unity and harmony do you see in the world around us, in all of creation? There's not a lot of unity and harmony between us, right? So we know that God's still on this mission now because we don't have the unity and harmony that, that God could put together. So God's still on this mission The really cool part about it is we get to be a part of this mission. In fact, we are a vital part of that mission. God's plan to reconcile all people through Jesus Christ in a very big way includes us, God's church, God's people. Chapter 2 of Ephesians, it 
it's a wonderful chapter. Uh, we talked about this at youth group, and so part of this you've already heard at youth group. I apologize. Well, I don't apologize. You, you need to hear it. You've got to hear it again. Chapter 2 is this wonderful chapter where um, it just beautifully lays out the gospel for us. The good news of Jesus Christ is just laid out for us. In verse 1, it says, it says, once we were dead, it reminds us that once we were separated from God because of our disobedience, because of our many sins, and it says that we were actually dead. Spiritually, we were dead. But, verse 4, because God is so rich in mercy, gave us life through Jesus Christ, the resurrected Lord, right? Verse 1, once we were dead, verse 4, but now we are alive in Christ. Verse 8 reminds us that, that God has saved us by His grace. Nothing we can do to earn it. There's, not a, you know, there's no set, you've got to do this many good things. You've got to collect this many cans of soup and then go and distribute them out to this many families. You know, there's no set amount of work we have to do. It's just God offers us this gift of grace. By God's grace, we are offered the gift of, of life with God. But we receive it through our faith, right? By grace through faith. You received this gift when you believed. So this wonderful message of, of what God has done for us is just really kind of laid out. Right there it is. Once we were dead, but now we're alive because of what God has done. And so we receive that, and we live according to that, right? By grace, through faith. This wonderful gospel message just laid out for us. But, the, you know, there's this real, there's a real glory, I think, of God's grace is not just by grace, we are saved, the real glory is that God's grace goes beyond salvation. It extends beyond that, that there's this, this work that starts to happen within, within us. God, by His grace, in our salvation, in our relationship with God through Christ, God does this work of grace through His Holy Spirit to sanctify us and set us apart for His holy purpose, set us apart for His holy mission. So by Jesus Christ, we are justified, we are reconciled with God. Through the Holy Spirit, we are sanctified and set apart for God's mission. What's God's mission? To reconcile all people through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? So God works in our lives through the Holy Spirit to set us apart for His holy purpose. But we're not called to live apart. We're set apart from the world but we're not called to live apart from the world. We are still very much in this world. We're still very much in this life where there's trial and trouble. We're still living in, in the trenches of life here. But we are here to bring hope. We are here to show that there is real love and kindness still in this world today, that it really does exist still in this world, in this world that seems so lost, in this world that seems so, just such a major letdown, so many times, there still is kindness, love, and grace in this world. That's through us. God, by His Spirit, works within us, sets us apart for His holy purpose, His mission. So the church, the body of Jesus Christ, is supposed to be proof that there is kindness and love in the world today. We are proof that God is still at work. God's still on his mission, doing what God 
is planned to do long ago. In fact, in chapter 2, verse 7, it says that God points to his church, God points to us, his church, as an example of the incredible grace and kindness he has shown to us. We're supposed to be an example of what God's grace and kindness can do in a person's life. An example means that other people need to see it, right? So in your life, God's doing this work for you to be an example of God's work. You are an example. Let me take this a little deeper. You are an example of death and resurrection, right? Because didn't it say once we were dead, but now we are alive in Christ? That means we are an example of death and resurrection. So let's go one step further. That means we are an example of the gospel. That's what you are in your life. Once you were dead, but now by God's grace, through faith, you are alive. Isn't that the gospel message, right? You are a living example of the good news of Jesus Christ. Let that sink in a minute. Wherever you go, wherever in this world, in this life, whoever's path you cross, you are a living example of God's grace and kindness for a world that is desperate to see it. I think that's why he says in, chapter, in verse 10, we are God's masterpiece. Other translations say we are God's workmanship. I like this one because it says we are God's masterpiece. Look at what God has done. You know, when an artist just doodles something on a piece of paper, they don't frame that for everybody to see. They frame their masterpieces. I want everyone to see this. That's what God has done in you. God says, you're my masterpiece. I want everyone to see you and the work that I've done in your life. Now, when we think of a work of art, when we think of like a painting or something, we might sometimes think of our life kind of resembling that famous George Washington painting, uh, this painting here. It's a beautiful painting. It's very well done, but it's unfinished, right? So if we were to think about how God's working in our life, all the grace, all the love, the kindness that God is pouring into our lives, we might think of ourselves as, as this picture of George Washington. Well, you know, God's done some beautiful things in my life, but, but God's still working on me. I'm not finished yet. God's got some unfinished business in my life. He's still working and I'm still growing, right? That's probably the way most of us would probably talk about God's work in our life. There's some beautiful things happening, but, but we're unfinished, right? But if we were going to be really, really honest with ourselves, we might realize instead of this beautiful masterpiece that's unfinished, we might actually work more like that weird art that you see sometimes. Something like this. <laughs> Our youth group went to Kansas City um, to a youth conference this summer. And where the parking garage was that we parked at every day, we, what were we there, three days? Is that right? Three days. We parked in the parking garage, and then where everything was at, you know, we had to walk by this statue three or four times a day. And every time we walked by this statue, we just... What, am I, what are my eyes seeing here? There's, there's feet that just kind of grow up into two giant fingers with something coming out the back, maybe some more fingers. What am I looking at, right? 
You know, if we were honest, if we were really honest with ourselves, thinking about how God is working in us, we are a workmanship of God, we're supposed to be God's masterpiece, but sometimes maybe we, we look more like weird art, really, in our life with God, right? But we're not called to be weird art. We're not called to be confusing to the world around us. We're called to be a masterpiece. That's what he says we are. We're supposed to be God's masterpiece, something new that God has created through the power, through the conviction, through those little nudges of the Holy Spirit so that the whole world can see God's love and grace by what he's done in our life, right? So that we can be set apart to go and be involved in God's mission. And what is God's mission? To reconcile all people through Jesus Christ, death and resurrection. That's what God's mission is. And if that's God's mission, and we're God's people, then that is our mission as God's people, to reconcile all people to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's our mission as the church. So how do we fulfill our mission? By going into the world and being the presence of love and grace and kindness for the world to see. That's how we fulfill our mission. Yesterday, we had this event here, and uh, I talked about it a little bit already, the, the Share Fest, and it was this wonderful day that we did all this good and collected all these things, right? Um, people from all over who knows where donated canned goods and paper goods and all kinds of stuff, and we brought it here, and then we gave it to other people who will then take it and give it to those in need. It was a wonderful day, a beautiful day. A lot of great things happened yesterday. A lot of good was accomplished yesterday for this charitable service. It was good. And I don't want to take away from anything. I don't want you to misread anything I'm saying here. It was a wonderful, beautiful day, and we did a lot of good things. But it was charitable service yesterday, meaning that could have been done by a scout group. What we did in our church with other churches could have been done by FFA. Wonderful, wonderful organizations, wonderful programs. But what we did yesterday really could have been done by any group or organization. It didn't have to be churches doing what we did yesterday. In fact, it could have been done by atheists, right? People that don't even believe in God could have collected food to be distributed to the hungry. Great humanitarian efforts don't take Christian faith to be done. Some of the greatest humanitarians in our society today are atheists. They don't even believe there is a God and do great, wonderful things helping the impoverished and the poor. So what's the difference between charitable service and Christian service? Well, Christian service is for the sole purpose of fulfilling God's mission, bringing people to Jesus Christ right? That's our purpose. That is our mission. So our service is for the whole purpose of fulfilling God's mission. And while it was a wonderful day, again, I don't want to, you know, collecting money, collecting food for the hungry, collecting anything for charitable purposes, only good can come from that, I think. I really believe that. And can God work through that? I think so. I think God can you know, as I feel some love, as I feel, you know, some kindness, I think God can work through that. But I don't think that's quite exactly what we're called to do completely. 
That's not exactly, that doesn't encompass all that we are called to do. As the church, the presence of kindness and grace in this world, right? It was a wonderful day, great things happened, but the difference is when we're doing our Christian service, it's for the purpose of fulfilling God's mission. That happens through contact. That happens through relationship. That happens through a handshake. And we just wanted to bless you with this gift. That happens with sitting next to someone saying, I can't imagine what you're going through, but I'm here with you. Christian service is for the purpose of fulfilling God's mission, which means we've got to go and be present. For kindness and grace to be present through us means we have to be present with them, right? I think charitable services are wonderful and great, but sometimes we rely a little bit too much on that and say, I'm fulfilling my Christian mission by doing these things because it's really easy to write a check. It's really easy to collect goods to be handed out. And I want to be clear, very clear on this. We should be generous in supporting the food pantry. We should be generous in supporting the clothes closet because they're reaching people that maybe we can't as the church. We should be very generous when we support those organizations, but that can't end there. Our Christian service does not end with that. It's got to go a step further. It's got to go beyond these walls and beyond the collection plates. It's got to go beyond what happens through collections and, and gatherings. It's got to be through relationship that we build. Because that's where God's love and grace are present. When we are present in those moments. So maybe if we thought about Christian service, if we thought about our mission just a little differently, that might help us to really kind of get a hold of what we're supposed to be doing as Christians, as the church, as God's holy people set apart for his holy purpose. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, it, it says this. It says that we are carefully joined together with Jesus Christ to become a holy temple for the Lord. We are carefully joined together, you personally, you and your life, and you back here, even you guys back here, you're, you're not out of this, it's you too. You are joined together carefully with Jesus Christ to be the temple of the Lord. I want you to do something with me real quick. I want everybody to take their hands, I want you to put them on your chest, just like this. Everybody do it. Back there too, yeah. All right. We will not leave this place till everybody does this, all right? All right. Right here. What that's saying is this is where God lives. Right here, where your hands are. That's where the Spirit of God lives. We don't have to go to a temple in Jerusalem to be in the presence of God because the presence of God is right here. Right there where your hands are. Can you feel something? Can you feel anything holy happening inside of there? I mean, if the answer is no, then there's another conversation that we need to have. And that's, I think, what Dan's been talking about, about welcoming the presence of God into our lives. But if the answer is yes, I can feel that there is something. I know this is where God lives. This is where God is then we have a question that we've got to answer. 
What are we doing to take the presence of God into the world around us? What are you doing to take this presence of grace and kindness to where you are every day? Where are you taking this presence to fulfill your Christian mission? Where you go is where the presence of God is. That's where the example of grace and kindness and love is, everywhere you go. So in those moments, where are you taking this presence to be grace and kindness for the purpose of reconciling people to to God through Jesus Christ? That's Christian service. It may be as simple as holding the door open, is what we told the kids, for a stranger. It may be as simple as, how's your day going? And actually mean it. Actually ask because you want to know how that person's day is going, not just something randomly said as we pass on by. That's Christian service. Connecting with other human beings so that they will grow in grace and love and kindness of God. Christian service and mission is taking the presence of God out into the world and allowing others to experience God through our actions of love and kindness. And that can't happen if we're too busy to feed the hungry. It can't happen if we're too reluctant to care for the sick. It can't happen if we're too stubborn, too prideful to go sit with the stranger. And frankly, it can't happen if we're too uppity to welcome the least and the lowest of people. Once you were dead. Now, you are alive in Christ. I think the world needs to see that. Don't you? We're not just a collection of saved individuals called to set in our blessed assurance. We are called and created to take part in God's holy mission. So as a church, we ask, well, what is God doing, Right? We're created anew in Christ to do what God has already planned to do. So that means God's already at work. We look around our community and we say, what is God doing in our community and how can we be a part of that? As individuals, we say, what is God already doing in the world around me and how can I be a part of that? A little warning, if you take part in the table talk conversations, you might want to think about those questions. Ponder those. Those will... Tonight at 6 p.m. in the Education Building. Tuesday, 6.30 in the Education Building. Those questions will come up. What's God doing? And how can we, or how can I be a part of that? It's so easy for us to just send off some money, send off some canned goods, and think that we are doing our Christian service, but that's not it. It's good. We should do that. Our Christian service is going out into the world filled with that love and grace, bringing that love and grace. The love and grace that has been shown to us in our lives, we're supposed to extend to them in their lives so that God would be seen and they would experience this through us, the church. Because we are the church. We are God's masterpiece, His work of art. 
We are a living example of the good news of Jesus Christ in a world that is desperate to see it. Come with me. Come with me. Let's go and show them. Let's go and show them what grace looks like. Let's show them what kindness really looks like. Come with me. Because they're desperate to see it. Amen. Amen.